Welcome aboard. Time to grab your board. Swim out of the sea of ideas and see if you can surf along with us as we try and catch that sales pipeline just starting to curl up over the horizon. I don't know if Matt Hines is still down there looking out his hotel window at it or not here, but uh, might be. No, we are not. We are back in what we call up here in the Pacific Northwest. We call it the big dark. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, like, the, the, the summers here can be phenomenal, right? Because the sun comes up early and it stays light until, like, 10. Right. And, you know, the, the best PR job of all time is people that say it rains all the time in Seattle. Like, it doesn't. <laughs> right. um, there's less rain in Seattle than most major markets around the U.S. Now, I didn't know that. I, I thought at, it rained all the time. Yeah, right. Well, see, there you go. But what The truth, though, is that what I'm staring at outside right now, which is it is overcast. It is a wet, cold outside. It is threatening to rain at any moment. It may or may not. And if it does, it's probably going to be drizzled. But that's what we have basically from October through June. Now, right now, we call it the big dark because literally the sun comes up at 8 and it goes down at 4, 4.30. Oh, and boy. so until we start to progress a little further into the spring and a little closer toward the next solstice, that's what we deal with. Well, we go from sports to summer solstice here in, uh, in one <laughs> quick jump here. <laughs> well, and it's highly relevant. You know, we've got the big dark and we've got a guest today who splits her time between Los Angeles and Hawaii. So mm. uh, definitely much more warmer climbs than this. Well, thanks, everyone, for joining us on another episode of Sales Pipeline Radio. Always excited to have you here if you're listening live on the Funnel Media Radio Network. Thanks for joining us at work. Hope your 2019 is off to a strong start already. Paul, can you believe that? I guess it's the 10th. We can't quite call it mid-July or mid-January, but it's uh, we're certainly well into the first month of the year. If you're listening to the podcast, listening to Sales Pipeline Radio uh, on demand, thanks so much for subscribing. Very uh, humbled by the numbers we continue to see on the podcast. Uh, so thanks for joining us there. And every episode of Sales Pipeline Radio is always available past, present, and future on salespipelineradio.com. We are featuring every week some of the best and brightest minds in B2B sales and marketing today is absolutely no different. Very, very excited to have joining us. I know she's crazy busy. Not sure today, Tiffany, if you are in LA or Hawaii or yourself in a hotel room somewhere on the road, but very excited to have joining us today, Tiffany Bova. She is the uh, global uh, customer growth and innovation evangelist at Salesforce, former distinguished analyst research fellow at Gartner, and the author of the, I'm still going to call it a new book, the, the book Growth IQ. Tiffany, thanks so much for joining us. Oh, well, thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. Are you somewhere warm? Are you some? Are are you in one of the two normal locations, or where where is Tiffany in the world today? Yeah, I am in one of the two normal locations. I am in Los Angeles, California, and it's you know not a cloud in the sky, but it's a little brisk today here for us. That has a winter that is much colder than us. We may laugh at this, but you know when it's in the fifties here, everyone freaks out. So uh, it's a little cool for us today. <laughs> You got a thumbs up from uh, from Orange County centered Paul, our, our our producer here. Well, I appreciate you joining in. I mean, there's many there's a million things we could talk about here. I definitely want to talk about the book, but um, you know, I think you know you you've been now at Salesforce almost three years, right? You know, in the three years since you joined Salesforce, a lot has changed. You think about the internet years or the SaaS years relative to that, and I know your big focus now is 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 on the sort of customer experience side. What have you seen in the last three years that you think is a particular trend or maybe even that surprised you in the growth and acceleration um, of the market in that time? Well, what's been interesting for me uh, is coming from the, you know, I could only get so close to, to customers, right, from when, when I was previously with Gartner. Because we were talking at sort of a 40,000-foot level, like, you know, hey, what are you trying to accomplish? How are you trying to grow? How are you trying to go to market? What are you trying to do from an organizational standpoint? Where are there 
points of pain that we can try and help minimize so that you can improve performance. And now in the past three years being here at Salesforce, I've been coming from sort of the sales operations and product side, almost disconnect between the actual doers and users of technology and those that are um, deploying and enabling sales and, and how, uh, you know, utilization, utilization, usage, value, understanding why they should be using the technology and, and really the business benefit and individual benefit for them has been an area where I spent a lot of time trying to get the people who are deploying the technology to understand, you know, the day-to-day life of a seller and what they're really looking to get out of whatever technology they're using, because it isn't necessarily only one. (laughs) The stack has gotten very big. So it's Mm -hmm. been really fantastic to see it from both sides uh, over the last couple of years. I appreciate you saying that, because I think, you know, when from a technology provider, there's sort of two perspectives that are really important. There's there's what the technology does, which is clearly important, but there, but then there's what people do with the technology, how they use it, and then what problems it solves. And, you know, we're telling our clients all the time, you know, technology is not your strategy. It's the implementer of your strategy. And it may be a critical one. I mean, I, you know, I'm not saying this just because you're, you're on the show today. I mean, I'm, I'm in Salesforce every day, right? I probably use less than 10% of its capabilities, but it's just as important, just as vital to my business how do you advise clients to think about, you know, what a technology can do versus what they need it to do and what, what they need to do with it? Yeah, I almost flip it on its side a little bit because, you know, I like to say that I don't believe we have a technology problem. There is no shortage of a tool that can solve some, you know, pain point. Is it getting quotes out faster? Is it responding to email faster? Is it social listening? Is There are a plethora of different options from a tool perspective and a services perspective that is out there. So I don't believe we have a technology problem. I believe we have a people process problem. And so from sellers specifically, you know, I like to call myself a recovering seller because I don't carry a quota in that way anymore, uh, but because I vicariously get to sell through, you know, and with and alongside our global sales force, but as well on our customer side as well, I'm, I'm pretty close to what our customers are doing. Ultimately, I would say that for salespeople, we are comfortable in the way we've always sort of how we sell and build relationships and how we manage our calendar and, uh, you know, our tickler files and our, you know, how we're going to follow up and all those things. And so getting the sales individuals to actually change behavior is much more difficult than what technology can actually do for them. So one of it is sort of a people side. The other I'd say is the process and, and this one, you know, kind of is is one that I continue to talk about, which is this, you know, wonderful kind of sales funnel illusion that it very easily goes from one phase to the next phase to the next phase and then miraculously closes at the end of this beautiful waterfall of activities, right? Well, we all know that's not reality. The customers go Mm -hmm. back and forth and they're making decisions very differently than they have in the past. There's team buying, all kinds of dynamics happening on the on the social side and mobile side. I mean, there's all kinds of things that are disrupting. Awesome. I'm talking today to Tiffany Bova. She is the uh, global customer growth innovation evangelist at Salesforce, but also the author of the fairly new book, Growth IQ, Getting Smarter About the Choices That Will Make or Break Your Business. And Tiffany, I want to pivot a little bit to the book. Is I, I think this is good in the context of what you're talking about in terms of the choices people make. So not making it about, you know, the technologies we've been talking about, but just making better choices that actually drive growth. Talk a little bit about where this book came from. I mean, you've 
you've covered a lot of topics in your years in the field and at Gartner and out Salesforce. Tom, why this book, why this topic, and why now? Uh, I think it was the number one question I got asked, you know, as I was meeting with people in my previous role. And now, you know, the number one thing that CEOs and executives are focused on is growth. So, you know, hence, so the growth IQ was how do we get smarter about the decisions we make? And what I would consistently hear is we're having some softness in our sales numbers or we're finding it more difficult to grow uh, than we have in the past. And they would tend to pull the same levers, you know, spend more marketing dollars, hire more uh, salespeople or cut costs. And that just couldn't be sustainable over time because we now have so much more data as we were just talking about the CRM systems and technologies as far advanced as where it was five or even 10 years ago. What were the patterns I was hearing on high-performing organizations? And it really came down to sort of using these uh, very specific growth paths, and I outlined 10 in the book. But more importantly, it wasn't about those growth paths. It was absolutely about the combination and sequence in which you do them. So combining multiple paths in which order, uh, based on your particular customer set and product suite and sales capabilities, was the winning combination. And as I started to socialize it, people really liked the simplicity, yet sort of logical nature that they hadn't yet deconstructed the ways that they had been growing in the past. And so thankfully, the book has really been resonating with those that have been reading it. And as you said, it's kind of newish. It was uh, launched in August. So I still feel like she's a toddler at this point. <laughs> so um, she's, she's not grown up yet. But you know, the early feedback has been really, really positive. Yeah, that's great. And I mean, I know a number of people that have not only read it, but read it many, many times, um, you know, just to make it something that they can use. I've, I've seen people, I don't know if you're familiar with the um, Master Mastering the Rockefeller Habits by um, Vern Harnish. Uh, people see that as sort of a, a blueprint for growth. And I think your people see your book at the same way. I'm curious, as you've evangelized this topic and as you've found organizations that use it, but also organizations that like it, but have not been able to adopt it, what are some of the challenges companies have or face when they try to try to apply this kind of a methodology to drive growth? Yeah, I think the number one thing, one of the very first uh, quotes I use in the book is from Ginny Rometty, the CEO of IBM, which growth and comfort never coexist. So <laughs> right. I think the harsh, yeah, I think the hardest part of this is that it makes people uncomfortable, um, really changing the way they pursue growth. You know, how do they do that in an organization, especially as you get into larger organizations moving, there's a lot of moving pieces. And so going back to the people process side, that's really one of the hardest things. And success is a lousy teacher, as Bill Gates has said. And so even if companies are growing now and they're feeling very secure in what they're doing, uh, it's, it's highly likely it's some, and it's actually a burn statistic that some, you know, 80% of companies will hit a growth stall at some point in their history and only a small percentage will ever recover. So, you know, you have to be aware of the fact that growth is going to continue to get harder. And even if you're growing now, this is the absolute perfect time if you're growing to make investments in to the future growth engines for the business. And if you are seeing that it's getting soft and even harder to grow, um, try to not make the same moves you have in the past, which is cutting costs. Because the moment you start to cut costs, you stop investments, you stop investments, you have to let go of people. And, all, you know, it just becomes a vicious cycle that you can't get out of. So if you're in a place where you are growing, this is the best time to make those investments for growing into the future. I would agree. Well, you can get your copy of Growth IQ at Amazon or wherever good books are sold. Also, definitely check out uh, Tiffany's website, tiffanybova.com. 
go to slash growth IQ. You can watch her talk about why she wrote the book and learn more about the book and, and uh, also get a lot of other great content from Tiffany as well. She's got some videos. She's got podcasts. She's got a ton of great content. I encourage you to check out. We're going to have to take a quick break here and uh, pay some bills, but we'll be back with more with Tiffany Bova. We're going to talk a little more about the intersection between sales, marketing, customer success, the entire customer life cycle, the complexity, but benefit and potential inherent in putting those things together and doing it right. We'll be right back on Sales Pipeline Radio. Are you tired of sending sales emails and wondering if they're ever even opened? Well, if so, you might need MailTag. MailTag is a Chrome browser extension for your Gmail that allows you to track your emails in real time. You receive alerts right in your desktop as soon as your emails are read. And as a special thank you for being a listener of this show, we've teamed up with MailTag to provide you guys with a special discount for your MailTag subscription. So you ready? It's a tough one to remember. You just have to enter the promo code HEINZ, H-E-I-N-Z, and you get, drumroll, 50% off for life. Yeah, you get half off forever if you just put in Heinz in their promo code. Be sure and check them out, mailtag.io. Start your complete free 14-day trial if you just want to check it out. No credit card required. And if you do, type in Heinz, you get 50% off for life. Why would you try anything else? If you're tired, wondering if your emails are open, then put an end to that worry right now. Start the new year off right Go to mailtag.io. The way we do business is advancing faster than ever before. Yet amongst the disruptions, there's one pillar that stays standing through it all. The power of a relationship. Relationships are at the core of everything. So how are today's organizations developing, nurturing, and leveraging them to drive success? Download the new research report on the state of relationship marketing and learn how your team can bridge the gaps between relationships and revenue. Download your free report at HeinzMarketing.com. That's H-E-I-N-Z Marketing.com. Okay, I don't know about the rest of the listeners, but right here in Orange County, the more Matt and Tiffany talk, the more the sun is coming out right now. Well, this just became a four-hour episode. Uh, <laughs> Tiffany, I think we got. I know Tiffany has to run in fifteen minutes, but I can keep going. We'll, we got to we'll keep going. Muster that that uh, those clouds uh, as, as long as you need. All right, good. Uh, You're uh, clearing up right. the clouds Tiffany, and, and wiping away the confusion here. Yeah, elsewhere in Southern California, Tiffany is cringing as our our, our, <laughs> our analogies. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, but uh, we got a few more minutes here on this episode of Sales Pipe Property Day with Tiffany Bova, and I want to talk a little more about sort of the implications. So, you know, the, the book was written, you know, probably about a year, year, year or so ago, published last August. Things continue to evolve. And I know you talk a lot about not only sort of having a customer-centric approach in your business, quote, right on your LinkedIn profile, it says that the most important reason to do anything is both the customers you serve and the employees who work. So could you talk a little bit about Growth IQ and the process of driving growth from an employee standpoint and how you manage the culture shifts required to do that well. 
Yeah, it it was. This has been a journey for me as well. I mean, I I, I had been speaking about uh, customer experience being the new battleground, and a lot of the work that I'd done in my previous role. I was part of the team that made the prediction that the chief marketing officer was going to sell more than the CIO by last year or two years ago. Now, one of my colleagues was was almost spot on on that prediction, and and it really sent off a flurry of acquisitions across the market by all the big you know, software vendors. Um, and, you know, I kind of came at it from a customer experience standpoint, right? Everything should be oriented around the customer, customer first, and, and you know, the decisions that you make, what's the experience when they engage with your salespeople or your customer service teams, what does your brand represent? And over the last couple of years, it, it has really come to the forefront, the more and more I sort of socialize that, that you're only going to be as successful, and this is not a Tiffany Bova thinking. You know, it's come from a lot of conversations I've had. I've had with very smart people on saying that, like, you know, your your customers are only going to be as happy as your employees, and culture playing such an incredible role how innovative a company will be, but also performance of the individual employees and the way that they will ultimately treat your customers. And, uh, you know, there's no coincidence where I work now from a, from a Salesforce perspective, you know, we're one of the most innovative companies in the world, but we're also one of the best places to work. Like, that's not a coincidence. And so thinking more about the role of the employee and making that pivot towards customer experience really is a culture conversation, which ultimately is a is a leadership conversation. So I started to touch on that in Growth IQ, but it's it's almost a book in and of itself, but you know, ultimately, I, I used customer experience as the very first growth path and the foundation for kind of every other decision made. And and throughout the book, I consistently said, look, your people need to understand why you're doing things, what the vision and mission of the company is, and why you're deploying new technology. You know, why you're making the decisions that you're making, so that they understand their role and to always uh, have. Um, the company's best interest in mind, and ultimately that plays itself out of making sure that the customers are always served and served well. So I think that those two things can't be separated. And so that that's why uh, I've started talking about that more and more, where it used to not be part of my talk track at all. And so that's really something that has, has really flourished in my thinking uh, since joining Salesforce. Yeah, I love hearing you talk about that. I think, you know, the more we work with companies that are trying to create a more customer-centric culture or that are trying to better integrate customer-facing teams into a coherent approach to the customer, sales, marketing, biz dev, customer success, account management, um, that culture shift uh, becomes critical. I've noticed more CMOs and more more marketing leaders think beyond just the sales funnel now and really think, especially in B2B, think about the entire customer lifecycle. What are you seeing in the field? Are you seeing more sort of a broader approach beyond just the buying journey into the customer lifecycle? And, and how does that get operationalized inside organizations as well? Yeah, I'd say that this is a slippery slope for me. Uh, I always worry that I feel like since digital marketing became big conversation sort of seven years ago-ish and really elevating the amount of technology and solutions and tools that the marketing department was following customer journeys and e-commerce and social listening and social selling and kind of all of that, that I worry that the gap between sales and marketing has actually gotten larger because of it, because there was already naturally this rift between the two. And you sort of layer in the more and more, to your point, that marketing is taking over sort of more purview on things like owning customer experience, which is kind of one of my hot buttons. Like, I don't think anybody owns it. I think the whole company owns it. And I think the only person who owns the customer is the customer. 
you know, it has to be that everybody understands from sales, marketing, and customer service what their role is in delivering uh, a powerful and engaging experience. And so marketing needs to enable customer service as they enable sales. Sales needs to understand that customer service is actually going to be generating much larger percentage of revenue and quotes leave the CRM system going forward because they're taking much different kinds of engagement calls, whether it's chat, whether it's online, whether it's email, whether it's phone, um, whether it's on social, whatever it might be. And so to your point, right, the connection between those three, but I always worry about taking over more purview uh, and that kind of command and control and I own it. So this is what we're going to do versus going back to what we were just saying, you know, starting with the customer working backwards into a customer. And I know personally as a consumer, when I have a good or bad experience, I don't turn around and go, I'm going to call the product marketing manager or I'm going to call the brand manager. No, it's, you know, I'm calling my sales rep or I'm calling customer service. Yeah. You know, the front line for a customer is not the marketing department. Making sure that those things stay connected and it isn't about marketing versus, it's about, it's an and statement. And so I think everyone needs to think differently about the different uh, roles that the groups play today. Love it. We've got just a few more minutes here with Tiffany Bova. She is uh, the author of the book Growth IQ. A couple more questions for you. Just one, I, I've heard you say before that the backbone of corporate growth is actually personal growth. Can you explain what you mean by that? And talk about for anyone listening to this, you know, to this podcast, whether they're a CMO or whether they're an intern at an organization, what do they do about that? Yeah, this is all about personal disruption. And this came from a conversation I had with Whitney Johnson, who's sort of one of the foremost thinkers in this. She's written books about it and it's sort of what she is best at. And and I would tell you that when I started talking with Whitney and understanding this sort of personal disruption has to happen before you're ever able to be willing to disrupt the business and, and sort of the things that you do. And even something as simple as changing your staff meetings from Monday to Wednesday, driving a different way to work. You have to start to think that I can't be so comfortable in my day to day and the way I work and, you know, uh, and approach work that if you're so comfortable and going back to Jenny's quote of growth and, and comfort never coexist, if you're not a little uncomfortable in what you're trying and doing, then you're not pushing yourself enough. And so it's really about how can you be uncomfortable, not reckless, but just uncomfortable so that you can really start to not only transform yourself, but ultimately transform the teams around you, um, you, you know, how you collaborate, how you work with, and more importantly, you know, hopefully in the end, the customers start to see a very different type of brand engagement because you're willing to do things differently. Love it. Just last question for you real quick that we asked most of our guests. would love to hear, I mean, you've had a very distinguished career. You speak all over the world. Curious to hear who are the people that have inspired you? Who are the people that you've read and learned from over the years? They can be professors, managers, alive or dead. But, you know, who are some people that you might recommend other listeners sort of seek out or, or recognize as well? Yeah, that's a great question because uh, I would tell you that when I went down and began this journey on the book, I reached out to a very tight knit group of people that I, you know, looked up to and, you know, whether it was a Seth Godin or a Dan Pink or a Whitney Johnson or Ariana Huffington, you know, there's a handful which, which all of those particular people endorsed the book. But I reached out to them uh, as I've had the you know, wonderful pleasure of being able to meet them and, and do things uh, with them both on stage and off. And, you know, in prep for the book, I read, I don't know, I reread 75 or so business books. And, you know, it's sort of the classics that everybody has read from a Clayton Christensen to a, to a Jim Collins to, you know, Tom Peters, et cetera. And, and I'd say that 
Um, there are so many that inspire me, but you know, my podcast is really that inspiration engine for me. What's next with Tiffany Bova? And, and that's my sort of conversation with those that inspire me every day to really push to disrupt myself, right? And be uncomfortable with what I do and what I say, like we were just talking about. Like I had never pivoted towards culture until I started having these conversations in this new role. And it's really opened my eyes and expanded my thinking. And, and that's really what it's all about, sort of always being curious and being a student of what you do every day. So I, I'm blessed to get the opportunity to do what I do. I love that. Always be curious and embrace uncomfortability. That is uh, not something that is easy, but uh, I think you've proven that uh, it's something that can certainly lead to success. I want to thank our guest today, Tiffany Bova. If you'd like to learn more about the book, Growth IQ, you can get a copy at Amazon.com if you want to learn more about her podcast and other interesting. If you'd like to have her come speak at a future event, definitely check her out at TiffanyBova.com. We'll have links to that in our podcast notes. Thanks, everyone, for joining us today. We unfortunately are out of time. We'll be back next week at 1130 Eastern or 1130 Pacific, 230 Eastern. I'll figure that out one of these days, Paul. Any episode you want to find of Sales Pipeline Radio, including this episode, if you want to share it with your colleagues, as well as every episode, past, present, and future, up at salespipelineradio.com. For my great producer, Paul, this is Matt Hines. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Sales Pipeline Radio. You've been listening to Sales Pipeline Radio right here on the Funnel Radio Network for at-work listeners like you.